Sudhir Someshwara I'm the founder of ViralTag and you're listening to App Guy podcast The App Guy podcast straight from your host Paul the App Guy sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment and now Paul the App Guy Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast I am your host it's Paul Kemp and I love to get app developers from all the different locations around the world. We've got someone from New York that's going to talk to us today. So if you are an app developer, an app entrepreneur, even if you're working, you just want to do something in your spare time, this is the podcast for you. Stay tuned. And what I wanted to do today was go through the journey of this uh, app, this awesome app. You can go and check it out if you just go to itsglimpse.com. It's an app called Glimpse. It's a fun way to meet new people through Instagram. I love Instagram. I've been using it now um actually more and more over the last uh, couple of months and uh, it's just a, a wonderful uh, social media network. So we're going to learn more about how to tap into uh, Instagram using Glimpse and uh, we have the uh, co-founder uh, Elan Miller who's joining us from New York. Elan, it's a warm welcome to you on the App Guy podcast. Cool. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat. Yeah, well, first of all, let's talk about um a glimpse and how you came up with the idea and what you're actually doing with uh, Instagram. Yeah, most definitely. Uh so the idea of glimpse was actually born from a personal frustration of mine. Um I've been in New York now for almost 6 years and uh when I first got here I didn't know anybody. So tried tried dabbling in in online dating and I I realized very quickly that the design of the profile um kind of held me back a little bit and I wasn't really meeting the kinds of people that I wanted to meet. and that was kind of the the inception for glimpse could i could i use my instagram to actually meet new and interesting people and by telling my story through photos rather than having to write awkward self summaries about oh wonderful okay so here you are you're in new york you have a personal pain point now what i love is instantly you've picked up on one of the biggest themes of this entire podcast which is uh, to find a problem in real life and then go about solving it with an app so your as far as i understand your problem is that you wanted to meet people you tried the kind of social dating stuff the online dating it, it, and it was just intimidating with the amount of profile stuff you had to put in and so you decided to create glimpse uh, to then uh, be able to tell your story through uh, instagram uh, that's amazing so how did you actually end up tapping into instagram and and building um, what was your first things that you did when you like you're walking down the street and you you have this idea what's the first thing you did to get this on the way It's so fun to think about this it, it feels like forever ago but it was really just just a couple of years ago um but really what I started to do at the beginning was just AP AB test different kinds of profiles on existing dating sites so I would write a very minimal written profile you know hey I'm Milan um take a look at my Instagram and I I listed my Instagram and in the area for profile picture that I would actually list photos of the things that I was interested in and the places that I would travel and instantly I started having much better connections and talking to way more interesting people um so that was kind of the the original inception spark for for how to get going um so before even writing a line of code or designing anything um it was just kind of proving this idea on on existing sites is is how we really got going okay so what we're learning from you then uh Elan is that it, sometimes it's better to actually just take the idea and start testing it for yourself testing the theory and and, and what I'm understanding from you is that you actually ended up uh, split testing uh, various aspects of the, the way you were using Instagram with uh, some of these online um dating uh, sites and then uh understanding the way people were reacting and then what at what point did you know you were onto something 
Yeah, most definitely. So I actually coached a few of my friends through this, um, and I said, "Hey, for me, this is this is working well." Um, and now it's actually quite common if you see on, on different social profiles or different dating apps or different sites people listing their Instagram handle. But about three years ago or so, um, this was really unheard of. Um, so I did this with a few friends, started seeing traction with them, and started designing different paper prototypes and bringing, bringing these to, to different bars and restaurants and social events, talking to, to my creative friends about this idea. Um, and it seemed to really have legs, and that kind of gave me the confidence to, uh, to get going. So I'd, I'd love to know where you were at at the point of like in the inception of the idea. So were you working in a company? Or, or what did you intend for this to be just a side project? And then perhaps you could walk us through that story of, of how you actually end up, you know, funding and getting this off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. So I was actually at another company and I was actually in a great situation. Um, I had a job that I really liked, people I really liked working with, um, and a culture I could really thrive in. Um, but Glimpse is just one of those ideas that I, I really couldn't get out of my head or really stop thinking about. I had designed different apps in the past, um, really as side projects, and, and learned a lot from them and realized in the future I wanted to, to really take advantage of that entrepreneurial drive. Um, but at this point, I, I wasn't really in a place financially to be able to do that. So I was, I was at another job. I had health benefits. Um, and that's when I really used this freedom to really experiment. So in my off hours, waking up early before work. Um, usually thinking about it all day and then, then after work really testing ideas with, with friends and strangers is how we really got momentum to be able to get the kinds of data and insights to really make this a full-time thing and, and really take the lead. Oh, Elan, that's so inspirational. I think everybody listening right now is, is almost like looking at their own lives and thinking that, uh, first of all, you know, sometimes we have to do what we do, but, but if, if you have like a burning desire to actually bring something into the world, then you just have to go for it. And uh, so many people just fade away with, you know, the, the initial buzz of the idea. And so at some point then you must have then, I guess, quit work and uh, gone for this full time. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's interesting because I, I really don't have the background for doing what I'm doing. Um, I'm not technical. I never, you know, coded anything before. I'm not really a designer by trade. I just, you know, done worked on a few side projects, trying to figure things out in the past. And I had never taken a finance class before in my entire life. Um, so at the end of the day, I wasn't really, you know, quote unquote, meant for doing something like this. But really, this is just one of those things where if you have a, a problem of your own and you can't get it out of your head and you really have that solution, I just felt compelled to, to really run after it. How frightening was it when you actually had to uh, quit your job and, and go after this full time? You know, perhaps you could talk through that because we have had people listening to this show who have done exactly that. And it, it must be just such a nerve wracking time uh, or time of, you know, uncertainty and risk. How did that feel like? And perhaps have you got any guidance to, to help people through that emotional drain of, of literally making that big change? Yeah, so on one hand, I definitely, definitely understand and, and, and empathize with the fact that it's scary, but it's also so exciting. I mean, at, at the beginning when things are just getting going, um, if, if you really can't sleep, if you can't eat, if this is really all you're thinking about, um, I think you really have to give yourself the opportunity to at least explore it. Um, and sometimes you can do that at a full-time job. Um, in other opportunities and other situations, you, you don't really have that, that kind of freedom and, and flexibility. So the way I really thought about going about it was like an experiment. I, I had to keep reaching different milestones and keep validating different hypotheses and keep bringing in different kinds of 
of data. And if I kept meeting those milestones, I knew I was on the right track. And if I gave myself deadlines and I wasn't hitting them, I knew I had to, to rethink what I was doing and maybe pick up a, a freelance project to be able to pay rent for the month while continuing to figure all of this out. Oh, this is wonderful. Um, in a way, what you're doing is giving us uh, almost a roadmap of how to go about you know, making this radical change. Uh, the, the first thing I'm learning is you need like a passion project that's something you really believe in, but also setting milestones and goals for yourself that even though you're working, you can actually have these uh, things achievable that you aim for. And uh, yeah, then you end up, uh, I guess, once you start meeting all those, you think, right, it's a lot easier. Um, th- let's go for it. Well, so, so definitely uh, in, in that sense, for sure. But I think even when you don't meet your goals, um, I think keeping yourself honest is one of the hardest parts about leaving your job and, and wondering if you're on the right path or not on the right path. So sometimes we didn't hit goals, but that really helped us be able to look in the mirror and, and understand why and help us ask the really tough questions, you know, such as, is this the right idea? Are we the right team to be able to execute on this? What kind of momentum do we need to create in order to, to achieve the next goal? Um, or maybe it makes sense to, you know, get another job or pick up a freelance project to buy some more time to, to be able to figure it out. Yeah, because I think one big obstacle, and I fa- faced this as well, is that it's finance in a way. Because like when you've got a paid job, it's a regular salary. Usually in life, we have all these uh, financial commitments around our job. And, and so at the end of the month, we have certain bills to pay. And then, you know, if, if we, uh, I mean, my, I ended up leaving my job a, a while ago. Uh, in the city and it, it was quite nerve-wracking I had to make some really big changes because I thought at the time it's easier to cut the fat out of my life you know the the, the expenses than try to focus on a goal where I was tr- trying to replicate the amount I was earning in, in the city is that what you did in a way to try and cope with the change of financial situation and I think it also just comes down to what what you spend your money on right so so growing up, I was really into music, and I spent a lot of money going to concerts, and I had friends who love eating out and love doing the whole expensive restaurant thing. My passion is building things and making things, so actually, you know, staying at home on a Saturday night, really trying to, to sketch out a flow and then bring it to a place and show it to different people and get their feedback on it. To me, that was, that was cutting down, but still equally just as exciting, so I think if you can kind of merge your your passion for being able to make things and and kind of replace that with some of your other you know disposable income kind of activities um i think that's when you 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 find that sweet spot and are able to kind of get over that hump a little bit wonderful this is great okay so let's talk about then funding because uh, at some point you know did you have to put this on a credit card somewhere did you have to fund it yourself bootstrap it or did you bring in uh, co-founders that were um, helping finance a project or did you actually end up initially getting angel investment how did you fund uh, glimpse yeah great question so for the first six months or so we were completely bootstrapped we barely spent anything anything we spent was out of our own pockets um and we, we must have built three or four prototypes all on our own um but what we did is we started building relationships early. We started reaching out to different angel investments and different VC funds. Um, and what we were building was embarrassing. Um, like it, looking back on it now, I, I, I just want to get under the covers and pull, pull the covers <laughs> over my head. I'm so embarrassed. Um, but they saw the progress that we made. And by the time we were six months in and on our third or fourth prototype and we were able to generate some media and get our first few thousand users, they really saw the potential in us. So I think that really helped get us over over the hump. Um, and about probably a year into the project, we were able to raise a, a C round of funding. 
Wonderful. So how were you building relationships with investors? Was it a case of approaching them through uh, certain websites? Maybe you've got some resources you can share? Because I think that's the one big question I always get from uh, the Appster tribe listening to this is how do you actually build these relationships up with these these people that ultimately you know have the purse strings? Yeah, great question. Um, it's something I'm still trying to improve upon every every day myself. Um, so I would say first, um, what's amazing now is with social media, everybody is approachable. Um, I think it's one thing to be able to send a cold email to somebody, but to send a cold tweet to somebody or to start an interaction over a tweet storm and really give your opinion and, and to kind of get to know somebody, I think it makes a lot of these high-profile people a lot more approachable. Um, but on the other end of things, I think in my experience at least, that investors are really warm to the idea of getting introduced through other entrepreneurs. So if you can really see yourself inside the entrepreneurial community and meet other people who are building things or starting companies or even work inside of some of these companies, um, using them to be able to, to connect to different investors um, who kind of see the world in a similar way that you do and kind of believe in the, the ideas that you're building, I think that's a, a really great way to be able to start getting in. Um, but it takes it takes a lot of discipline and work, and it's not the kind of thing where you can start one day and a week later you have five four intros. It's one of those really, really tough but really rewarding if you can do it. If you can stick with it, you're definitely going to be able to to meet the right people. And uh, I think also I, I often get the question of what's it like when you get your seed round? Because do you then go? And stop. Well, first of all, paying yourself a typical salary. Uh, do you go and get offices and start, you know, building a team around you? What do you do when you first get that that seed money? You know, where do you actually invest it? So I think that's a great question, and something I didn't know how to handle at all once we did raise money. I, w- I was so focused on, on getting the product off the ground and being able to close the round to be able to build the team that I. I, I froze for a little bit, I think, after being able to raise the money. Um, so I would say, A, definitely finding space where your team is most productive is very important. We, we had gotten so used to working out of an apartment, we didn't realize how bad it was for productivity. So finding a place that, that really makes you happy with people who make you happy, even if they're not working on the same product as you do, um, I think makes, makes a lot of sense. And then really the attention goes towards the community and, and growing the product um, and really putting everything behind that. Um, so I think the ability to, to really be able to switch gears between fundraising mode and then really building your product and community, which is way harder than fundraising, um, that's, that's really where the, the real work begins. And also I was just recording um, a special episode and uh, it came to light that, that a very uh, interesting aspect of when going through a journey is were there any particular failures that you had to deal with, any particular challenges that, because ultimately, you know, it is a roller coaster of a ride, uh, being an entrepreneur, there's ups, there's downs. Perhaps you could think back to a, a time when maybe you were just going to throw it all in because you, you must have had those days and, and what was that like and how did you overcome it? Yeah, I feel like I have those days a lot, actually. Uh, they, 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 just yeah. never, they never go away, but I think with, with more experience, you learn to deal with them a little bit better. I have a funny story. This, this wasn't, I wasn't close to quitting at this point, but I remember being especially frustrated. I, I kind of had this preconceived notion that once you get your first investor, it's very easy to close the route. People see the momentum and they want to join. And, and we had closed about two-thirds of our round, and I really just wanted to get back to work. I was so excited by what we were building. I wanted to focus 100% of my energy on that. 
And we, we just had a little bit of trouble being able to close the round. And then one day out of the blue, I got an email from an investor who used to be a journalist. And he says, hey, I'm in New York, let's, let's meet. And it turns out he wrote, um, he wrote an article um, for one of the, uh, by one of the big tech press companies. Um, and I read it and actually helped inspire me to, to start building Glimpse. And I had been sending him monthly updates for probably six to eight months. And he happened to be in New York uh, and we met and we got along really well and he ended up closing around. Um, so I remember just the complete 180 from, from being so disappointed and wanting to get back to work to really finding my, my dream investor and being able to collaborate with them and really having the story um, come full circle. Um, so it, it's just one of those things where I think as an entrepreneur, you have to be prepared for that roller coaster and know you're going to hit rock bottom, but also know that if you put yourself in position to succeed and you, you make the right habits and keep doing the right things, the, the roller coaster is going to go back up. It's not going to stay down on the, on the bottom for forever. And it's the real entrepreneurs who can kind of withstand that, that hitting rock bottom and being able to get back up. Yeah, Lan, I was actually thinking back to what I was learning from Seth Godin, who talks a lot about just shipping uh, what you do and, and perfecting your craft and your art because you never quite know uh, what the reaction is but it's just the habit that you form of uh, being productive and and getting it out there and getting getting yourself out there that uh, ultimately then pays benefits and and who knows where the the feed the you know the opportunities can come from and as you said you were uh, feeding this journalist uh, all this uh, information on a regular basis getting probably not, nothing back and then suddenly out the blue he's meeting you and he's uh, closing you around i mean <laughs> it's a wonderful story yeah uh, so there's two more things uh, that we uh, t- tend to do before saying goodbye to you alan one is that um, we we are a community of uh, app builders and we'd love to know if you have uh, any ideas uh, for us to go and build something an app um, yeah, I wondered if you could share with us uh, perhaps an idea uh, that you've had recently. If you have got an idea, great, we can talk about it. If you haven't, I've got another way of fleshing out a potential idea from you. So do you have an app idea for us? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I have a new idea. I can tell you about an old idea that I was really passionate about. That, that I don't want to say I, I quit, but I put on the shelf for a little while. And I'm, I'm just very passionate about the space and would like to see somebody do something very interesting with um, so it's something like that being, being yeah, this would be great. Give, give us, uh, we'd love your, you know, castaways. Yeah, totally. Um, so living in a city like New York, I lose my stuff all the time and I always find these random things. Um, so the first product that I actually built was a solution to lost and found, um, was this really simple app that was built in with Foursquare, uh, where we use location data and keyword matching. If, if people have lost things and found things to be able to be able to connect them, to be able to return them. Um, so I know that, uh, that's, that's a really tough idea to be able to, to execute. Um, but if somebody wants to build something along those lines or if I could be helpful, I have so many insights um, and I, I would love to help you. So if anybody's doing something along those lines, get in touch and I would, I would love to be of help. Oh, I mean, there's just so many things along those lines as well. I mean, lost and found, but also you could dissect that to certain things. So I remember speaking with... Um, a developer about a potential opportunity to build um, uh, lost pets and uh, locate those pets. And, uh, you know, instead of having these uh, leaflets uh, planted all over the lampposts everywhere, you know, actually have an app that would help uh, lo- uh, find, you know, lost pets or relocate them. So, yeah, there could be a lot of stuff there. Um, maybe a lost uh, lost and found um, mobile phone section. Uh, 
whether everyone's honest enough to give back a phone would we know we'll yeah to totally. well it's interesting because when researching this idea it's you know in, in the united states and especially in new york there's a, a really really low return rate for for these things because there's not really a system in place um, but if you take a look in japan they actually have an 80 percent return rate of, of lost items um, which to me is just fascinating so this idea of how can we use technology to, to really connect the right people to, to solve a problem is is absolutely fascinating to me and something I still think about quite often. So what you're saying, Alan, is they're a lot more honest <laughs> in Japan than they perhaps are in New York. <laughs> I'm not even sure if it's an honesty oh, it's, it's as just much a, as yeah. there's the right system, you know? Right. Um, and, and that to me is uh, just, uh, I don't know, such a, such a fascinating... Yeah, you're right. It's so archaic. I would have no idea where to go if I lost something. And uh, we just actually had a previous guest who said that he's donated uh, like a lot a lot of phones to the back of taxis and uh that's one yeah. of the big comments so Been there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um right the last thing we we'd love to do is uh just this is the app guide podcast and we love talking about apps uh you know perhaps you've got one or two apps on your phone that um you could talk to us about that you think we may not have come across before Sure. Um, this is what I love doing in my spare time anyway. I feel like my friends sometimes want to kick me because I'm always telling them about the, the new things <laughs> that, I, that I'm finding. Um, but the, the, the app far and away that I've been obsessed with lately is an app called Tap Talk. And I'm not sure if you guys have, have talked about this app on the program before. Never, um, never in the 212 episodes. Never been talked about. So if, if I could put my money in, in any app, it would definitely be this one. Um, it works very similar to Snapchat. It's really quick and easy way to be able to send photos to friends. Um, but the way it works is you basically have a grid of your friends' faces, and if you tap their face, um, a photo sends. And they receive a photo and a map of, of where you are. And it's really the most low-touch, low-friction way of being able to communicate. It's replaced SMS for a big group of my friends. Um, and I think those guys started in Berlin and are now out in Silicon Valley. I, I could be wrong. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but it's just it's a, a good guess. It's a good guess. Yeah. That's where to be. Yeah. Oh, um, but yeah, yeah I, I would check it out. If, if, that's brilliant. If I wasn't doing this, I would be trying to work with that. Well, I think you're going to make a few of my uh, listeners unhappy because uh, that sounds very similar to some of the ideas that I've been pitched recently. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, well, uh, just um, anyone listening, uh, go to theappguy.co. Uh, just search out uh, the episode. Uh, for Elan Miller, and then we'll um, uh, you'll find uh, links to the things that we're talking about, and also um, I guess how to get in touch with you. How how best can we get in touch with you, Elan? What's the best way of reaching out and connecting with you? I, I, on Twitter, I'm at Elan E L A N underscore Miller, um, and if you want to get in touch with me via email, I'm Elan at itsglimpse.com. Um, I'm really passionate about helping entrepreneurs through their journey and, and really build things, and a lot of people help me get me in the place where I am today although not quite successful yet working on it. Um, so yeah, if I can be of help, shoot me a note. So before we, we say goodbye then, is there anything you feel like uh, we need to um, talk about? Because I don't feel we've spent a lot of time talking about Glimpse. It's obviously been your journey and stuff. I mean, in the final thoughts, what, what uh, should people be uh, focusing on when using Glimpse? And perhaps, um, yeah, if you feel, feel like you haven't done it justice, then feel free to talk about it for the last couple of minutes. Yeah, totally. Um, so what we're most excited about with Glimpse is this idea that we, we take photos and videos really everywhere we go. Um, so how can we take the data behind those photos to make 
introductions and connections to people that you want to know. So if you've both traveled to Japan or if you both frequent the same local coffee shop here in New York, how do we really bring you together um, in the most low friction way possible that feels really natural? Because at the end of the day, we feel that um, the most friction when meeting new people is because there's not really enough context. So as a result, um, things get a little bit awkward. Um, so can we make it more natural by, by really connecting you through your photos? And, and that's really what we spend, spend our days working on. So is it a way of, uh, like, so for example, um, would you be able to categorize some of the images and, and then do some kind of matching of uh, interests via the images? Yeah, so we do that all on the back end. So we, we introduce you to people based on A, location, and then B, if you have different things in common with them, whether it be following the same people on Instagram or whether you've been to the same place um, or potentially use the same hashtag, we'll surface that context to really help get you talking. At the end of the day, that's, that's our mission. How do we not only connect people but, but really get them talking in a way that, that feels right and feels natural? Um, so yeah, we, we just submitted a new version to the store on Friday afternoon. So hopefully right before the holidays, you'll be able to see Glimpse, Glimpse 3.0. And we, we, in this latest version, we've also um, really emphasized, um, really designed specifically for the creative community. Um, so really for photographers, designers, app developers, app builders, um, it's, it's for creatives, but we believe anybody can be creative. Um, so if that's the kinds of person you're looking to connect with, uh, I think you'll have a lot of success on that. Yeah, well, a lot of uh, my audience are creatives, they're app developers. Uh, do you happen to use any image recognition software then in terms of trying to match the uh, people up? So not quite yet. Our, our thesis is that, that people are actually the, the best, um, have the ability to best determine if they find each other a match versus an algorithm. We just try to do all the work on the back end to to basically give you the, the right context to help you make that decision, if that, if that makes any sense. So letting you know if you've been to the same places or if you follow the same people. Um, and then our system gets smarter as we learn the kinds of people that you talk with and we try to introduce you to more of those types of people. Yeah, and also I feel like we need to um, get the spammers together, those people that spam the hell out of Instagram. <laughs> Just do, yeah. the wor- do the worst match ever, you know, let's introduce them to a psycho or some. <laughs> Because, Sounds good to me. Uh, yeah. Well, this has been wonderful, Alan. Thank you so much for joining us on the App Guide podcast. I've thoroughly uh, enjoyed going through your journey. You know, hearing it from the start where you you basically quit uh, you, you, because you had was so passionate about this idea. It almost demonstrates to us how much passion we do need uh, to actually make something a reality and how that sustains us through the ups and the downs. So, thank you so much for being authentic and sharing that journey. And uh, yeah, that will. Uh, We'll obviously watch it with great uh, interest and uh, look forward to seeing uh, seeing you sell out then for uh, the next billion dollars uh, to Facebook or something. Cool, man. Thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot.